I'm so happy to share with you this conversation you are about to enjoy, my chat with Kelly Carius. She's on a mission to change the languaging of bullying. Her mission is so important and know this is going to resonate with you, perhaps from your own personal experience or someone who you know who may have at any point in their life been affected or impacted by bullying behaviors. So listen in. We have a terrific conversation. I know you're going to get so much value. Thanks for joining us. Hey there, friends. Are you looking for tools to resolve stress, reliable information to support your whole health, tips to help you motivate yourself and identify when motivation is fading before it happens, implementation, accountability, and someone to remind you to celebrate even the small successes where you could find tools you can use and accountability in a community that cheers you on, where information about health trends and lifestyle is reliable and straightforward. I know that you have what it takes to up-level your health habits and restore your resilience. You just might need a boost to start building momentum. I've designed a membership where you can choose the level of support you'd like to get every month. Whether it's tuning in to connect with like-minded change makers or getting personalized support with one-on-one coaching to help you chart your path to success. Check out the link for the Velocity membership at happifiedlife.com. Special pre-launch pricing is now available for premium support, but you can jump in for free if you just want to test the waters. I look forward to seeing you inside. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome back. I'm so excited today to introduce you to Kelly and her extraordinary work. I know that you are going to find this relevant or someone who is. So be sure to listen in on this conversation that we have today with Kelly Carius. Parents want their children to be energized, in love with themselves, and excited about life. And bullying spoils that dream. Kelly Carius has created a system that reverses the effects of bullying and a movement that prevents bullying from taking place. Her work gives adults the tools they need to take action so they can influence their important little people. Strong and in love with self, we are able to move forward in joy. Kelly Carius is on a mission to change the language of bullying. She began her career in child protection in 1999 before establishing a private practice in Melville, Saskatchewan. Her work in counseling and personal experiences resulted in the creation of the No Such Thing as a Bully program. Since then, Kelly has been writing and evolving this work to incorporate more robust products and services to complete the No Such Thing as a Bully program. Kelly, you busy lady, I know I'm catching you right after your work day, so thank you for making time in your schedule for us. I'm so excited about what you've put together, because I know in my own life, I don't think there's a life that is unaffected by bullying, either from experiencing it or seeing it happen or being the one to dish it out. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's pervasive and it has to do with the culture that we've 
created around us. It has to do with systemic attitudes and ways that we perceive emotion and and share emotion. And there's so many dynamics to it. It's a really complicated kind of issue. And I can't even believe what is created here with no such thing as a bully and, and its potential to make change in the way that we do look at bullying. And so initially you started out working in child protection. I think that's fascinating. Is that something that you studied or was that just the opportunity that came as you completed school? That was what I thought I was supposed to do. I had convocated as a 20-something social worker with two little ones on my hip. I went back to school after I, I got married and had some babies and got divorced. And so I was so happy to have that social work program available to me in my little community. There's not a lot of private social workers. There's not a lot of social workers that just do what they want. They work in child protection or schools. And so I went to work in child protection. And I really felt like I was just a cog in a very big system that was helping very few people. And I didn't want to be a part of it. And so after exactly a year, I started on January 1st and I quit on December 31st. So exactly a year, I left and I started a private practice. And people were like, you can't do that. You just have a bachelor's degree. You don't have the proper mentors. You just can't do this. And and I just said, I also have a mediation certificate. I think I'm good to go. And I leaped. So that is even where where no such thing as a bully started. I had such interesting first cases. All of my first cases are a story and a half, but I'm only telling this one here. I was hired by 20 sets of parents to advocate for them about a a teacher slash principal who was mistreating their children in a grade six classroom. I didn't know. I was really young. I was really, I still look back on it and I'm like, ah, some of the steps I took were really brave. And I think some were really stupid and some were not helpful to anybody. And some probably helped some people. But in the end, what I ended up really recognizing is the way we are talking about bullying is not effective. I can go to a director of education and say, you're being a bully. I would just get laughed at. But yet that's the behavior that's trickling down to our kids. And we look at at our kids and say, oh, look at you, you're a bully. So I really, that kind of went around and around in my head for quite some time. And, And I created the first version of this that had all of the same lessons in it. And I thought I was done. But then I sat back and got a, had a creator electric shock go through me and realized I also had to go through and take out anywhere that I was using the words bully or victim as labels. And just start from the beginning of the book and read the whole thing again and take out anywhere. And I replaced it with bully action and victims. And so the base idea is that we all use both bully actions and victim responses from time to time. One set of skills solves both. And then along with that set of skills, we teach skills to reverse. Sometimes people will say, what? Reverse the effects of bullying. You can't reverse the effects. of. I think you can heal from bullying. You can heal from abuse. You can heal from a difficult relationship. You can heal and reverse all kinds of things. And so with reversing the effects of bullying, we're really looking at 
what messages have been taken on in that situation. So somebody said to you, oh, you're a big fat ugly loser. And now you're walking around with that ringing in your brain and maybe even saying it to yourself. And that's what needs to be reversed. And so no such thing as a bully provides the tools to be able to do that. I think that's so powerful. And I find it fascinating that some people would say to you, you can't reverse bullying because what a limitation to be putting on themselves or others. And I've been very blessed. Some difficult situations, but perhaps nothing that would be classically defined as as trauma in my life. Who doesn't make it out without aces, (laughs) without adverse childhood events? But at any rate, But I believe that we can choose to be defined by our past or we can choose to be inspired by it. Yeah. I do believe things happen for a reason. They lead us to be the person that we have the potential to be. And life is not fair. Life is not easy. We never got that guarantee. Some of us have a lot to have to work through. But I do think it's important that people are putting out the message that you can be different than your past experience. Just because you were bullied in grade school doesn't mean that that you have the victim response forever. And that's really powerful too. I love that that just that bolt came to you and said, wow, even these labels, look at how they're so indoctrinated in the way that we communicate. Yeah, it really is. And then we're not solving. If I come to you, you're a mom and I come to you and I say, hey, you know what, Susie, your kid's a bully. Uh, You are instantly your fight or flight response goes up. You're like, I don't see my kid as a bully. And you can easily just shut down from listening to anything at all. And any solutions Mm -hmm. that I offer you that have to do with fixing your child from being a bully, that those are not going to appeal to you. But if I come to you and I say, your kid's using some bully actions and here's what we're going to do in the school. And here's a book for you as a parent to also use in your home, it has exactly the same lessons we have at school. Let's, do you think this is something we can work on together? And most parents are going to go, you know what? Yeah, my kid is a little shit sometimes. <laughs> Pardon my friends. Because it's a big difference from there are actions, there are characteristics rather than your child has been defined as this and they're going to carry this label. That's what a parent would receive that as. Oh, my child's been labeled as this and now they're looking at me. All of those defenses, exactly. Those walls and once they are up, good luck recruiting the parents to get on board with a plan, with something to turn it around. Yeah. And even the idea of when I approach you and I say your kid's a bully, it does imply that you are too. Because that's our common way of thinking, right? Our, our kids are getting it from somewhere. And I agree that. I agree that's true. And I agree that we can all use some extra tools to be able to change the way we communicate. But sometimes you just have a family that needs to learn how to communicate better. The intention is not about, I'm going to hurt someone else or I want power over someone else. But it's like, well, I have to get my needs met too. And, and I'm not, I haven't been able to do that. So we can provide those different ways. And then my main idea is that it's not for me to be speaking to children. It's for me to be speaking to adults and giving adults different skills that they can apply in their own lives and then teaching them how to teach it to their kids. Mm. And then they've got the tools, right? Once they understand and are able to apply the tools and see results, 
then they're empowered to have that new way of communicating, that new framework to work with. Yeah. Yeah. In all areas of their life, it's going to impact the way you run your family, but it's also going to impact you at work. And if you've been, as so many people are, if you've had difficult relationships at work where people are using bully actions against you, this will give you tools to strengthen that and, and to be able to figure out how am I going to manage this person and, and how am I going to manage this situation? Yes. And I'm a big fan of tools and we need to work with them to refine them before we're in the heat of the moment. So once they have these tools, try it out, see what works for you. Not everything is going to take this approach. Then they've got it ready for that next experience. And I think, and I love that to your point, that it's also going to benefit their work relationships because that communication breakdown doesn't only happen in one avenue. Things might roll downhill and stress from work might be causing difficulty in that home relationship, but things are happening at work too. Yeah. And we really might act differently in different areas of our life. I might be an angel at work, do a total switcheroo when I get home or vice versa. And so it really is important to assess when are we using bully actions? When are we using victim responses? Another really effective description of this is that two things. Often when I go into a a group of kids, I will say to them, I don't do this often anymore because I've come to realize I got to talk to the parents. But I would say to them, who in here is a bully? And uh, one person might put up their hand and laugh or somebody will point at someone else or just everybody's quiet. And then I ask, who in here has ever used a bully action? Who in here has ever hit someone, kicked someone, left someone out on purpose, talked behind someone's back, called someone a name. And we go through and the hands all go up. And so then I say, you know what? We all use bully actions. And when we can acknowledge that's what's going on, that's when we're able to make the the change. And then I also use the example of if you have 10 people in a circle and one in the middle, and each person says something mean to the one in the middle, Each of those people will say, I'm not a bully. I just, I said one mean thing. Come on, (laughs) get over yourself calling me a bully. But in the middle of that circle, there is a person who is bullied. Mm. So moving away from that, that really static language lets us examine things better and see what's going on better and take personal responsibility better. Yes. Yeah. And I think in today, we see so many problems coming up with labels with assigning labels, with people objecting to labels. And so I think that's really powerful in so many different applications to get beyond, to take the labels off and just really examine what are the components that add up to that image or picture that gets the response, right? Because we'll really find pretty quickly that none of us are blameless. Yeah, absolutely. And we pick up the things along the way that make us unkind to ourselves as well. And if I'm walking around being unkind to myself, yeah, it's really easy for me to just throw out a cutting sarcastic comment to you and forget about it. So that's a huge part of it as well. What's going on here? Yes. That's a point that I love to make when I'm um, talking about how we can be more kind to ourselves, to know what restores us and nourishes us. 
we don't realize that language that we use. We say things to ourselves that we would never say to someone we would consider a friend. Yeah. And so never. I love that point that when we're able to dish that out to ourselves, that under stress or duress, that can certainly be unleashed on someone else. Yeah, absolutely. It has to go somewhere. I love that image, that story. It's like a Facebook thing that goes around, but you're holding a a cup and you get bumped and whatever is in that cup spills out. So if it's coffee spills out, it's anger. And then the cup is you and it's (laughs) anger that spills out. And I think it's really interesting, like I've already said, nothing, there are no coincidences, but that so early on in your career, it wasn't just a couple of parents whose kids had issues. It was 20 sets of parents. That's the entire class just about. Yeah. So it really makes you look at how systems can be perpetuating bully actions to a degree, either turning a blind eye to it or again, that influence that carries through. Yeah. And we went up the ladder trying to to get help and get attention. Director of education, school board, ministry of education. I'm sure I've missed some steps here. Teachers Federation, ombudsman, children's advocate. There was just like no one that had jurisdiction over schools. And, And that really made me think, that really made me think about the material for parents. And so you can, I can do a proposal for a school and bring information into a school if they'll accept it, but we don't have to wait. We don't have to wait and be like, oh, that school never does anything. They might be doing something a bit behind the scenes or they might be doing stuff to the best of their ability. Running a school is hard. My mom is a retired teacher and at my early stages of no such thing as a bully, I had some schools let me in and we did a, what I called at the time a community immersion. So I would, in small communities, I would be at both schools. I would do a parents' night and training for the teachers. And, and you can see that there's things that are set up just to be impossible for teachers to, to handle bullying. Imagine this scenario. Two kids are out on the playground and one pushes the other off the swing. And the, the kid that lands on the ground comes into the classroom crying. And he says, Billy pushed me off the swing. And the teacher says, oh, my goodness, are you okay?" Brushes him off, gives him a, you know, a pick me up. You're going to be all right. Gets him settled and does the million other things that she has to do. And then the kid goes home and says, Billy pushed me. And mom says, did you tell your teacher? Yeah. What did she do? Nothing. Because what did she do? She didn't do anything other than what she would normally do. And she doesn't have the story about what's happened between these two kids or if it's happened before. And she can't be expected to have the time to be able to dig that out. And so it's sort of an impossible situation. And then you got a mom saying, oh, that school doesn't do anything. So we, it's important to really be aware of those, those things that look one way, but might really be another and really check our assumptions about what's going on. And and really be mindful about what things our children are experiencing. Yes. I think that's a terrific illustration because to the parent, of course, wants to feel like their child is protected and the teacher is active and there's a classroom full of other students and it's their learning time, right? So there is a lot of limitation in what is easy for a teacher to pick up and carry on the rest of their obligations with. Yeah. And from that teacher's point of view, they are right on track. They've given that kid some comfort. 
they've settled them in to keep learning. Does the teacher's job? Yeah, it can be really difficult to tackle it in schools, which, by the way, No Such Thing as a Bully offers a policy for schools to use with regard to bullying, even if they're not using No Such Thing as a Bully. Terrific tool, because sometimes we just don't know the languaging or where to begin. So to have something that just is very clean and able to put into place. And what I love, too, I wanted to ask you next. So your program is for parents. There's also a certification aspect. So you're bringing people in to keep carrying this message out. That's right. So these are essentially these are counseling tools and they're not rocket science. So I think that they should be in the hands of as many people who are willing to spend the time to learn them. I don't think that you need to have a particular university degree to take the certification training. I think that some people, I've trained people who are just, who have really big families and they want to learn how to teach this in a really intense way to their big families. I have people who are certified and just use it in their own counseling practice. I have speakers or parents who've had some experience with bullying who want to be trained so that they can, they're already speaking about bullying, but they just want to add a different way of talking about it alongside what they're already talking about. So really certification training may be meant for, for people in a lot of different areas in their life, but the main thing is that they have, they can see that we're not dealing with bullying well, and they want to be able to talk about it, spread the word, be able to teach a different way of dealing with bullying. And I think that's so powerful. Having the vocabulary, having the understanding, knowing where to begin and what's effective and what isn't, right? Because the last thing we want to do is be bringing in layers of shaming or ineffective interventions that are going to make it more difficult for either party. Yeah. Just as you illustrated, if you go to a parent and say your child is bullying, what's going to land on that child and how are they going to show up at school the next day? Do the parents even have the tools to have an effective intervention? So how did you start taking this to the parents? Did you, from your opportunity to speak in schools, then be able to reach out to the parents of of those classrooms? Yeah. And, and very cliff jumping of some of those first schools. I came in, we put the program, got, we got the system working in the school, and then they purchased books for all their parents. And then we did parent training sessions. So an example of how that gets used, I had one teacher tell me afterwards, he said, something happened in my class and I had left the classroom. Something went on. I come back in and now I got to calm everything down and see what happened. And he said, usually I would be trying to quiz kids to find out what's going on. This time I used lesson five, which is the bullying spiral. And I drew the spiral on the board and I just wrote the words and I went up and I said, did the, was this what did this happen here? Yeah. Okay. What could have stopped it? What could have we done to keep this from escalating farther? And then up the spiral, did this happen here? Well, what could we have done to keep it from escalating farther? And he said, I got more information than I ever would questioning them. And then a note went home with them that said, this event happened in our classroom today. And we we went over it using lesson five. And please take a moment and look at lesson five with your child at home tonight. 
and talk to them about what happened today, find out what happened. And how empowering is that? Suddenly, the teacher has the tools, the students have the vocabulary. There's not shaming. It's about actions. Oh, our actions got the better of us. Let's unpack that. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. There's so much to do with just human nature and fight or flight responses. Fight, flight, and freeze is one of the lessons in the book that I think is really important. And and a lot of kids, when I teach that lesson, I just see light bulbs going off. And have you ever hit somebody and then afterwards been like, man, I didn't mean to do that. And they're like, yeah, because, you know, yeah, of course I have. Well, let me tell you why that happens. Boom. Light bulb moments going off. Oh, yeah. A powerful tool. And it's like when I hear the stories of when they introduce meditation in schools, perhaps in the morning or perhaps in the detention room. Oh, you have to go to the principal's office. You're going to go sit in the meditation room and then go back to class. Where would we be if we had these tools 30 years ago? Yeah, yeah. And I I really, in the no such thing as a bully material, I'm really encouraging classrooms to just do it. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be long. You can, as kids are sitting down, getting ready for the day, once everyone is, is sat, Let's take three deep breaths together. And that's it. What does the meditation do? It calms your brain. It gets you a little more oxygen. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to, we can be fancy. I love experimenting with different kinds of meditations, but it's not limited by using up a lot of time or a lot of resources. I love it. These tools for the toolkit. I've, I've got my own light bulb moments going off over here. I'm so excited. Right. I just think it's so exciting in your community and then expanding this reach and helping to give other people the ability to keep these toolkits going, right? To just envision this web reaching out and really making a shift. And so what you're putting together right now, so we're recording this conversation in March and it'll probably go live later because things add up in the queue. And so I'm loving what I'm hearing that you've got in mind as we're envisioning the rest of the year, what you've got coming out. Currently, there's a challenge. It's coming up next week for um, No Such Thing as a Bully, but then in the future, there's going to be something else. So there will be Kelly's link in the show notes, and you can always see what's coming up soon in her community. So in addition to the No Such Thing as a Bully program, what else is it that you've been working on? Well, I've been working on different kinds of challenges and building a group where we can come together and just have bits of fun. So in this group, there's mini challenges, There's five-day challenges, the, bless you, the mini challenge. This time is going to be, actually, as we speak in March, I'm doing a mini challenge of being kind to yourself. Mm. And so people have three days to just write different things that they do to be kind to themselves. And then I'll have a little draw. And about the time this airs, there should be another bigger challenge coming up called How to Be Your Own Best Friend, which I just think is essential. And I look at the amount of time that I've spent as a single person by myself in this pandemic that we're hopefully not experiencing anymore by the time this airs. (laughs) Yes, here's to that. (laughs) 
And I'm so glad that I love to spend time with myself. I'm going to give you, I'll, can I give one hot tip for how to be your own best friend? I'd love that. Please do. It's the best. It's one of my favorite things. Listen to love songs as though they were written for you by you. Ooh, juicy. Yeah. So I can't live without you. Mm-hmm. That's correct. You cannot. <laughs> I do anything for you. Ah, thank you. Yeah. It, everything takes on a whole different, a different ring in your ear and a different perception when you're listening to it as though it was written for you by you. Oh, I love that shift. That's so powerful because we were just talking about it earlier, right? We'll say things to ourselves we wouldn't say to anyone else we care about, but we think it's perfectly okay to should all over ourselves or be really disparaging. And wow, what an exercise. Cue up on Spotify or Pandora, a little love song channel and feel into that. This song is something I wrote for myself. Yeah, it's very cool and has big effects right away. I love that. And so to clarify, because some of our listeners might not be in on this whole challenge scenario or or system that we see all the time amongst each other and the folks putting together businesses online, it's a great way to build community and to help people get engaged around a single topic. And it's an easy way to get some great aha moments out of just some simple steps and just do a little something every day. And so it might be three days or five days. And that's where the challenge comes in. You're committing to show up for yourself for five days in a row and do one thing, get one win, feel a little bit better, move yourself in a direction. It's a great way to break out of inertia and into momentum. So that's what we're talking about with challenges. They're really not all that overwhelming, but it's a terrific way to put yourself at the top of your list for a little spree and then see if you can keep that going. Yeah, it really is. And for me, I've just been learning about challenges, basically. And the, the couple that I've done have had just life-changing elements to them. And then sometimes there's things that I already know, but just need a little boost. And other times there have been things that it's like, what? <laughs> How has this life hack not been available to me until now? The choir of angels, the light dawns. And what's really fun about it, too, is... In personal development circles, we like to say you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Your inner circle might not share your goals or your vision for changing yourself or doing something better for yourself. But now in this social age, you can find a community that shares your goals. You don't have to be trying to commit to change on your own. And so it's a really, I love the communities that come up around these too. Yeah, absolutely. It's been amazing for me to grow that Facebook group for sure. And I would invite anyone who wants to join in on the Facebook challenge group. Just please do. I think we're going to post a link tree link that has every important link that I could possibly think of. And the link to join the Facebook challenge page will be there. So I absolutely would welcome anybody to join in. Yes, it's a lot of fun. And we're definitely going to have all the links in the show notes. so You can catch up with Kelly and her homepage is always going to have the latest, greatest events going on. So you can see what's going on there. And then, yeah, through the link tree, there's some great resources through everything that you've put together and through just the giving nature. You've been a problem solver since go. 
I love how everything has come together to really lead you to all of these brilliant solutions. And I think these are the kinds of changes that we need to start like wildfire and and be passing along. The grassroots movement, this is the kind of thing that these are supposed to take flight. Yeah, it's so exciting. So I'd love to ask too, in addition to singing love songs to yourself, which I'm going to add to my self-care list, I have a things that make me happy list. I'm going to write it on here right after the show. Nice. Is there anything else that you do to help yourself feel restored or when stress is coming up? Is there a way that you come back to center? Mm -hmm. There sure is. There's so many ways. And I guess that's one thing that I want to stress is sometimes when I'm doing counseling sessions, people would like one thing to be enough. I do affirmations. Yeah. First of all, what do you mean? Like, how do you do them? That is the next best question, isn't it? How are you doing those? Yeah, yeah, because it matters what you're actually doing with them, how actively you're using them. So I just want to stress that, that it's okay to use a lot of things. And it's okay if sometimes you use something and it fades away and then it comes back or something else replaces it. And then you do those two things. It's okay. However, anybody does self-care is okay. So. For me, one of the big things that I do is use one of the tools from No Such Thing as a Bully for Balancing Thinking. And if there's any unhelpful thoughts happening, you grab them and you say, what's true about this thought? What's not true about this thought? What's another way to think of it? So an example of that is as I'm growing No Such Thing as a Bully in leaps and bounds, I've been hiring people to do some of the things that have been holding me back before I am really able to hire them. So then I'll have the thought, oh, well, what if I have, what if I just have no money forever? What if I just never have, now my job is less? What if I just never have money again? Okay. What's true about that? Nothing. Yeah. Now I can go work at A&W. What do you mean? What if you never have money again? So then you go to the next part. What's not true about that? And there is your list. I'm I'm seeing growth in what I'm doing. I'm moving things forward. I'm creating products for sale. And then you take those two pieces and you combine them together. Now, in this case, with this example I gave, there's nothing really to combine because there's nothing in that first one. But sometimes there is something true about something you might think. Maybe I'm a kid and I just lost a hockey game and now I'm walking around going, I'm such a loser. Okay, grab the thought. I'm a loser. What's true about that? I just lost a hockey game. What's not true about it? A whole bunch of other things. A balanced thought, even though I just lost hockey game, not a loser because da 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 da. Mm, I love that because I think I love your point. I do affirmations. It's my self care. If they don't feel authentic, they're not affirming good things. Yeah. So that balanced thought is powerful because you're recognizing the truth. You're not just painting a pretty picture and saying something that doesn't feel authentic. So you can be authentic and give yourself grace, recognize what is true, celebrate that. I love that balanced thought practice. And I do, but I, I do think that once you've got the balanced thinking down, mm-hmm. the positive thinking or the easily just living affirmations instead of doing them or saying them, because that's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. That's what you move to past the balanced thinking is actually living the affirmation. So now when I'm thinking in my head, I am wise. 
that's not something I'm saying to myself anymore. That's something that I'm like, hey, I'm really grateful in this moment that I am wise right now. Because I've been keeping track and I have evidence to back this statement. Exactly. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm so excited. I'm so inspired by the work that you do. And I know it's going to light up parents, aunts and uncles, crazy Aunt Susie over here recording for duty. I think that this is such an important tool for everybody's toolkit because there are situations we never really grow out of it. These actions come up and these responses come back up in our moments and so important for everybody. Yes. I love the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for shining your light. Thanks for your time today and joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for tuning in today. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. And if you found value in today's episode, make sure you subscribe to catch the next one and leave a review to help fellow pod surfers find Happified. Until next time, keep on shining.